0: This is Screentone Club. We are recording this on the 27th of October 2022 for release. Well as soon as possible. You might notice a slight change in the audio quality and also the lack of uh, second voice here. This is Elliot speaking alone. Um, as Andy is extremely, extremely busy with real life stuff, um, you know, daily life, um, reorganising a film festival at zero notice because the previous cinema went bust, I'm here alone. I'm not going to take up too much time here. Just a quick shout outs, quickly to our shout-out tier members, Mr. Rob Jessup, the Blue-Haired Cyborg, and Sigus who I hope will appreciate the fact that, well, there's a good reason for us delaying the bonus episode this month. And also the regular episode is also delayed, hence why there's this stopgap episode and I'm talking to you now. So I figured why not just, you know, put something in the feed, keep it warm. I don't want to leave you guys bored. with nothing to listen to. So I figured why not go dip into the crab bucket, the crab bucket that is stuff that I read that either isn't really big and bombastic enough to really yell about. And or also the more common problem, which is I read something and I think, well, yeah, that was a manga, and it's not really interesting enough to put on the podcast or nominate for the podcast. Or, more commonly, I don't want to expose Andy to it unless he later comes along and decides he wants to. You know, I don't wanna be the person who's like, yuck yuck, here's another piece of nonsense, Andy. Ha ha, ha. so Sometimes, you know, it's better to keep these sort of things to yourself. Um, you know, for various reasons, let's face it. Um, this isn't just an episode about dunking on stuff. Um, some of this stuff I actually quite like. Um, but for various reasons, I don't really want to burden the podcast. And also, quite frankly, like, to give you a look behind the curtain, like, I have a Google Doc with 30 or so titles that I want to cover on the podcast quite badly because I want to hear Andy's take on it. I want to have a discussion. You know, it isn't just something where I'm going to quickly sum it up and then move on you know it's best to have a good old back and forth anyway this intro has already gone on long enough so yeah let's go and start listing off these series i'm not going to rapid fire them we have going to have a little discussion obviously um you can tell andy reigns me in and stops me from rambling too much so anyway, the first thing on the docket is a, a rather august author, um, Shuzo Oshimi, um, one of their earlier works um, from 2005 called Devil Ecstasy. Um, it's published by Kudansha. Um, you can get physically in two jumbo-sized, um, double-sized volumes. It was originally in four volumes in Japan. You can also buy it digitally. Um, if you're like me and you have Bookwalker set up to have the adult content filter you won't see it because it's listed as adult content um and you'll know why very quickly from the synopsis um you can get both of them and what's interesting about this is that it's an earlier me work quite frankly um you know it's not like a flowers of evil or blood on the tracks this is earlier and it kind of comes through like you can see some of the trademarks in some of his stock characters and some of his kind of expressions and motifs basically devil ecstasy is both the title of the manga and the name of a brothel in Tokyo Uh, main character Noburu has not yet lost his v-card and so his idiot friend basically says hey let's go get laid Um, and of course in a move that won't lead to any bad problems whatsoever they go to Devil Ecstasy which is a very large skyscraper with a giant like spread eagle demon looking thing above the front door like come on guys like take a hint um but basically to cut to the quick um nobu's friend dies after visiting said um palace of the night and it turns out that a lot of people die after visiting that palace of the night their hair falls out they go all sort of scrawny and bony and they kind of just conk out dead and you know the one commonality is they all went and got themselves their rocks off here in devil Ecstasy. Um, so basically, um, what saves Noboru is that he has a massive fear of breasts, um, the larger, the more scary, and also the more active and in his face, the scarier, um, from a childhood trauma, um, which, you know, is kind of laughable in that, well, basically, his, it's initially treated quite comedically, but eventually real, turns out that basically his, his cousin assaulted him when he was young, and that has scarred his tiny mind to a, frankly almost comedic degree in how much he overreacts and how you know any kind of amount of breasticles chesticles causes him to lose his shit and you know pull a funny face um a Shuzha Washimi funny face but he manages to find a su- a um, character in devil ecstasy who's flat as a board and is not well liked by her compatriots and it's meruru um and she seems like a nice girl and she even says to him like go away and don't come back, like, please, for love of God. And the reason for that is that Devil Ecstasy is stocked to the gills with succubus, succubi, succubi, yeah, that's the word, succubuses. And basically, in good old succubus fashion, they feed on male essence. In particular, they kind of, like, ghost jack off a dude until his, like, essence leaves him for his Johnson in a very comedic sort of like still quite filthy way and so they call it Sam there's even you know some quite good sort of like umlaut over the A type dealy there and so basically that's kind of how they reproduce is they jack off a dude via mind powers and you know horniness energy um eat his essence and then create more succubi which leads to more very graphic description and um portrayal of that particular uh biological process later on um, also notably is that um, they ain't got no privates basically in the groin area um, they're like ken dolls basically there's nothing there um and so basically noboru kind of ping-pongs around between wanting to avenge his friend wanting to like lose his v-card um kind of falling in love with meruru and shacking up with her meruru and him having a bit of a hard time trying to get over like their mutual incompatibilities and some of the weird gross out things that succubi do um which almost feel like a weird heightening of tension from Oshimi himself. And it, you know, and then the government, of course, gets involved and you meet a rock star and his succubus girlfriend and you learn the ultimate way to defeat a succubus. And oh God. And it's all very graphic and all very quite stupid. Um, the comedy element and the sort of like the raunchy, raunchy, raucous nature of it kind of keep it entertaining. Like it's, you you're not going to read this for like incisive social commentary or characters with more than three brain cells to rub together, quite frankly, but it's not boring like it's certainly entertaining like you could probably write a paper about like the sexual politics of it and the wider sexual politics of shusho watching me but um this is a rough week first chapter to try and base that paper on in particularly because it's kind of just real dumb um towards the back third it gets some real wild like i need to wrap this up energy um and again characters do not have more than three brain cells to rub together at times um but again it will not leave you indifferent the fact it's two volumes makes it easy because by the time you've finished we read the first volume you're kind of halfway done already so in for a penny in for a pound and all that and so yeah it's it's entertaining but also kind of gross um not like sick gross out gross but just kind of a bit sort of like churlish i suppose childish really um but yeah devil ecstasy it's certainly an interesting like thing to see where Oshimi kind of came from and perhaps some of the things he's shown and you know made a finer point of um but yeah don't go into this expecting to like the characters because most of them are complete they're either idiots or arseholes or both and it's a real bad sort of sign um like the one character who's supposed to have their shit together also turns into like slips into being a genocidal maniac who also again loses all of her brain cells at key plot moments um so yeah a good romp really but also at the same time like for love of god don't read this around anyone squeamish or your parents or whatever um it's real dumb So, uh moving on to um a slightly lighter fair really, um in fact quite very light fair, um is Girl in the Arcade. Um it's by Okushu with the artist of MGME. um all capitals M G M E E. Um published by Seven C's. Um it's currently got two volumes out in English, three volumes in Japan, which is complete. You can get it physically or digitally. Um this has a main character called Mobuo, who is like like you don't even try anymore with self-insert characters like he's a bit lanky he wears glasses he works at an arcade he wears an apron well you know he's a bit nerdy and a bit standoffish a bit prudish but not too much you know and he's open to things like this busty girl called yaegishi nanora who basically like grabs him and demands he teach her the secrets of the arcade machines Um, which actually honestly was quite an interesting premise for the first chapter um you know even with some of the other stuff in there but then it kind of just slips into rather than being a strategy guide for arcade machines which you can find quite a lot of online honestly um it kind of turns into a, a slightly like raunchy slash horny etchy manga in an arcade where you know it induces ddr and so you get some nice shots of um Yaigishi's ass as she tries to s rank a song and all this and you know she gets hot and bothered playing street fighter and of course you get looked down at her cleavage as a result and you know she like does a fireball by whapping her baps on the um on the buttons on the arcade cabinet and all that sort of stuff and you know, it's, it's a very strange series because it's, you know, it's based in an arcade, which makes it very claustrophobic because, hey, Japanese arcades, everything's close together. You've got to maximize the amount of machines that are there, getting more punters in. Um, and so, yeah, poor Mobo kind of gets g- jumped while he's at work and Nanora kind of like, um, just, you know, Shanghai's him to teach him, her the secrets of arcade machines. And it's weird. It's like a travel log slash ecchi manga that, is yeah again leave your brain at a door but also at the same time like i was actually quite down for the arcade machine like life hacks um of how to get machines how to get prizes out of machines um but the the etchy part of it kind of goes one step too far and it's it's like okay yes she's attractive and i can see her bum oh yeah you can see even more of her now holy shit like that lady's about to fall out fall out of her clothing um so yeah that's kind of it um at the end of the volume towards end of the volume it starts to grow a harem um like another like childhood friend of mobuo turns up and seems to be some kind of weird possessive yandere but also not. But I don't know. It's it's hard to tell from one chapter whether she just hates losing or actually is some kind of psycho killer who will knife everyone if they try to take away her toy. Um, so yeah, a bit strange character dynamics um it's well drawn like you definitely get the feeling of the arcade and the machines are well drawn and hell if you want to look at the attractive buxom lady you totally can um yeah it's it's well drawn but yeah there's not much to it like it's not exactly like real smart i'm not going to pick up the rest the other two volumes quite honestly um but yeah that's um girl in the arcade I'm realizing there's a bit of a pattern here where, like, I kind of pick these series based on the female main character and then get disappointed. Um, but. Um, so the, another pick was Lovey Divey Wife is a Stone Cold Killer, which, um, you can kind of guess what's happening from the title. Um, it's by Donten Kosaka, um, published by Seven Seas. It's got three volumes out in English, physically or digitally, four volumes out in Japan. It's currently ongoing. And it's about the main character's wife. The main character point of view character is the husband. I don't think he actually gets a name. And his wife, Setsuna, who is kind of like a kind of a cross between like, the short bookish girl and the ch- and the class rep style character but also she's an assassin but all you get to see of her really is her you know in domestic life um he's the house husband she comes home in a suit and you know she wants the bath drawn and she wants some dinner and she discusses how like she could kill someone 16 times with with a fork and that sort of thing and frankly like I don't really have much more to say about this because I found this series stone cold boring like it goes super hard on the central premise and so yeah you know, from page one it's like yep no no gap here no misunderstandings haha it's just yes my wife is a murderous assassin but I love her and it doesn't really gin up enough interest or like anything around that to make it funnier rather than just yes I'm an assassin wait pause for laughter and it's like that ah, it doesn't quite work guys like you need something more the main character is a complete non-entity um and also the art just kind of slipped into being kind of garbage uh well not garbage but it's it's it just it just looks very rough like there's something weird about the characters and for a series that really really wants you to kind of dote on its characters and in particular setsuna it don't really work because there's a gap there between you know what it wants you to feel and what you do feel from kind of this cardboard cutout lass who you know just constantly talks about her work which you know frankly if anything that's the biggest turn off of all like come on lass you don't look at your email when you're on the dinner table what are you doing um so yeah real hard like no like i didn't even frankly hate it enough to bring it to the podcast as a wow let's read this and get angry and dissect it and have a nice discussion it's just man this is boring (laughs) like I, I really struggled to finish the first volume, frankly. Um like each chapter was an excuse for me to like wander off and do something else. So yeah, not really recommended this one. God, I'm getting through these even faster than I thought I would. Okay, so I'm going to pick up the sort of tone a bit, I suppose. But um, content warning for this next one. Um, As always, there will be um, time codes in the episode notes and on the website. So just FYI. Um, So this series is, uh, God, long title alert. Um, To save the world, can you wake up the morning after with a demi-human? um published by yen press weirdly seven seas didn't get it wild um it's by rekomaro ottoi who yes is a hentai artist or has done hentai more like i should be fair Um, You can buy it physically or digitally. Um, It's quite porny, and so the availability digitally is quite difficult. Like, Amazon don't have it, I'm pretty sure. Um, It's got five volumes out in English and six volumes out in Japan. It's currently ongoing. Um, It's by the author of Oji San and Marshmallow, if you remember that, like, series from a while back. Like, it it got turned into anime shorts and was weirdly cute, but also horny. Um, Anyway, whatever. So for those people out there of taste hey did you watch peter grill in the philosopher's time yeah you remember that yeah it's got the same premise as that you know dude who is promised um the promised one um has the magical seed and so all these various girls of different demi-human races are out to get him um the 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 rather disconcerting twist in the in this series is that He's like, he looks like he's freaking 12. Um, he's not. He's like 15, 16, I think, like lower, lower high school. Um, but also the main character has a weird problem that whenever he gets an erection, he blacks out. Uh, much like, um, yeah, if you're a kid and you read the same sort of dumb Wikipedia articles I did, it's possible if you have like problems with your circulation and the size of your member. Um, and so basically, whenever he gets a boner, he passes out, which suits these girls fine because Typically, the, the running quote unquote gag, you can't see me doing air quotes, um, is that they then have their way with him while he's blacked out. And of course, you get the, Sorry, you get the money shot of him waking up, and you get a full-page spread of said monster girl in a state of undress and being a bit sort of like, ooh, ooh, the vapors, and you know maybe she's got a bit of clothing or like a various appendage or tail or halo or wing, kind of obscuring the naughty bits, but also looks like she just fell over with an onkin yogurt. And so basically, that's the ga- that's the thing that kind of ties this together. And yeah, especially for the first few volumes, the first two or so, it's very much like one girl per chapter where it's different girls of different kind of like demi-human races with their own little sort of backstory and the whole reason they're after him is that there's a legend that whoever kind of sires an offspring with this dude who i can't remember the name of but main character chan um they will give birth to the holy warrior or something like the holy chosen one and so Everyone's after him, because everyone, for some reason, really, really wants to give birth to the savior, to, to fight the demon lord, because of course there's a demon lord. There's gotta be a demon lord. Um, the notable thing about this, in a weird way, is that after the, like, around the third volume onwards, it starts to grow a strangely intense plot line, like, you know, because normally you get harem series and it gets to episode 13 and oh shit, we grew a plot. Oh, that's boring. Why are you still watching this? Um But in this case, it involves like said demon lord and the plot to generate the savior and something, something. It gets real wild, frankly, like it gets to the point where it's like weirdly, you know, you almost miss when it was just like, you know, sex fun times with a guy who does not really want to do any of this. In fact, of course, he crushes on the girl who sits next to him in school, but you know, has to keep her shielded from this, like, debauchery. And so you get these, like, you get, you get quite a lot of characters quite quickly, a lot of girls after his dong, and they start forming alliances and different, like, various groups and then he gets kidnapped and sent to the demon world and that volume is extremely disconcerting because some of the girls who turn up are um questionable in terms of anatomy and also make you wonder like how far out there the author's going to get in terms of kinks and fetishes like there's one chapter which basically all but tiptoes up to making it vor and that's uh, more power to you but not my thing very creepy and you know the whole fact that he constantly blacks out is kind of just annoying and you know it starts to become a weird load-bearing plot problem And, like, now in volume five, we now have, like, instantaneous pregnancy power up syndrome, where, like, a character can suddenly get a pregnant belly without actually being pregnant and gets a massive power up from it. And there's a demon lord daughter after him who, of course, looks like his little sister, and so that really fucks him up. And,. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It is so weird. It is also one of the titles that I read kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of up to date on this and I am going to keep reading it just because it's so weird. Like it's such a bizarre combination of like person gets to draw their fetish and it somehow takes off and yet does the exact same gag constantly, but then grows mythology. And yeah, it's weird. It's real wild, but also frankly, just a bit kind of like, base i suppose like there's something very shameful about reading this and you know the art is perfectly fine like the character the author has a style for how they like to draw their characters and of course it kind of goes back and forth because they can draw certain characters differently yada yada the demons get real weird and yeah it's very strange like it's got a very particular hyper targeted sort of desire to you know be an etchy manga that's as etchy as you can get it without full on making it a hentai but also making things needlessly complex and so yeah it's i guess this is a recommendation like i don't know like i don't think anyone should read this but I think if you do read it, you'll have a good time. Maybe, I don't know, like, maybe my brain's been poisoned. It's very strange. Like, it really is strange. I mean, unsurprisingly, the main character gets the harem, as mentioned, and you get so many characters, and then the various harem members start having bizarro interactions between each other, and the, the relationship graph is massive, and it's just like, what's going on here? Like, what is, what is this? Like, yeah, it's, it's very strange how it kind of grew legs and kept running. Um, anyway yeah so that's um to save the world can you wake up the morning after with a demi-human again like probably should not read this it's kind of it's bad like it's kind of bad but it's still real fascinating and also like good on them like it's much like you know Oyakado from monster musume like well done you you're being paid money and having your work published and you're basically just drawing your own kinks good job well done Okay, moving on to something a bit more, like, mundane, I suppose. Um, so I picked this one because, well, it was on sale, um, Kudansha Sale Ahoy, um, and also because I love the name because it's so, <laughs> I don't know, it just tickles me. So I picked, um, Kuda- it's pub- as mentioned, published by Kudansha, it's Mayu Sakurai's Boss Wife. Boss wife, boss wife. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when the boss wife's you? Do do. do. Anyway, sorry, I'll probably cut that and the edit. But basically, this is a um Jose romance series, which also has the tag smut on manga updates. And I haven't quite gotten that far. um It's four volumes in English, five volumes in Japanese. um Basically, it's about the main character Masami, who is a rather sort of like kind of at a loss lady in like late 20s early 30s whose life is kind of going to shit she's got a whole heap of debt she's living in a house which doesn't seem to make much make much sense spatially and also is like constantly trying to keep her head above water but also kind of has nothing really to kind of live for anymore and it's it's kind of grim but basically she meets um, yanato kujo who is a former high school crush that she had and they have some rather weird contentious backstory and so she sleeps with him which you know why not fuck it um and then he basically sort of up and says hey Let's get hitched. I can take care of your debt and you'll be my wife. And then, of course, he turns around and on his back is a big old honking Yakuza tattoo. Because he is, like, next in line to a big Yakuza family which has colossal family drama. And no one really likes anyone. And also, like the main like, Yamato himself does not like his family and constantly bemoans his station and the fact that he has to inherit this Yakuza clan and you know that's clearly not going to do anything good for morale dude so maybe don't say it too loudly around the people you're supposed to be managing and so there's this like basically this series turns into like the colossal red flag ignoring Grand Prix where Masumi will always find a way to bizarrely browbeat herself um, into, like, this arrangement, like, actually marrying the dude to start with, and constantly, like, does weird sort of moves where something very questionable and disturbing or kind of, like, threatening happens that should make you fear for your um, life and also maybe being gaslit. But then she kind of gets past it, and, you know, she's like, oh, I will be the best wife, even though, you know add one thing to the list of fucked up things that happened because this it was a new thing introduced this chapter and you know oh by you know i was i was nearly you know threatened with death by the, my new sister-in-law kind of and no one really likes me or wants me around but damn it i made sure to go to the head branch and i learned he likes omurice and it's really strange like this series like the whole thing is just a colossal red flag on the page that makes me want to nope out reading it um also everyone looks like an alien like everyone looks way too pointy chinned and a bit too perfect and yeah it's like you took a hair uh like a shampoo commercial and like fucked around the sliders on it it's real wild um it's a nightmare like i read the first volume and was kind of like engrossed but it's a complete and utter nightmare and i hope no one reads this for lessons like hell Nazaki kun always like tells characters not to base their love lives off of shoujo manga like for love of god don't base your love life off off of jose manga which are a bit horny and have a bit of like you know a bit of roly-poly in between the sheets but of course there's screen tone and some well-placed white sheets in the way that mean they don't have to draw anything complex like you know hands intertwining or bodies writhing um so you are saved that particular sort of dilemma but yeah this thing is fascinating mostly just because like the main character like the the entire thing could be summed up by having a little angel on the main character's shoulder doing the um the haha i'm in danger simpsons joke and so yeah this is a fascinating series um i got it dead cheap in a sale um honestly if it's on cheap for a sale it's worth a look if you do like jose like you know sort of show Joe jose stuff that is a bit sort of like whoa this is not a this is not a manual for any kind of romance holy shit so yeah that's um boss wife Um, yeah, real wild. Um, good covers though. Really, really striking cover. Really sells it. In fact, that's the reason why I bought it. It's because title and, you know, the cover. Okay, so moving on to the last thing. Um, wow, I got through these pretty fast, didn't I? Um, but... Back on the smut train um, is Do You Like Big Girls Um uh, by Goro Aizome, published by Seven Seas, Kelsa and it's available physically, digitally. There's five volumes out in English at the moment. There's eight volumes in Japan and it's still ongoing. So do you like big series? And um well, my one word summary would be yes. Okay, yeah, I should probably do more of an actual answer. Basically, main character Sota is ever so slightly shorter than average. I don't know, he's five foot five, whatever, fuck it. I don't know, that's like, everyone under six foot is short to me. Um, and he gets jumped into looking after and being the manager for a volleyball club where all the girls are basically fucking Amazons. Like, the main girl you get introduced to is six foot five, which that must be in like a very high upper percentile when it comes to japan holy moly um hell i don't know that many women above six five sitting here thinking about it um but basically all the girls are huge amazons most of them are um generously chested most of them are quite aggressive predatory carnivorous there you go that's the word carnivorous um so true of course a bit of a herb and honestly the thing that is the most shocking and surprising about this series is that it has full on like actual like go the whole way home run sex in the first volume and it's it it also like kind of just happens naturally between two characters who find themselves in this situation and they consent and get on with it and it's like oh bloody hell like they actually sealed the deal christ wow like i was expecting it to be Any kind of consummation of anything in this series. Like, I thought it was just going to be like, you know, teasing how nice these volleyball uniforms are on these girls and how tall they are and more things on the comedy line, much like the covers, which like get into like giantess pornography tiers of, um, kind of desire. And so, yeah, it's, it's very straight. I was actually quite shocked by the fact it had actual boning. Um, Honestly though, it does feel more like a hentai. A harem it's a harem hentai or a harem ecchi series with an actual bit of like, you know, you don't get the whole deal like it was a hentai manga. But yeah, it fully executes on its premise in a wholehearted way. Um that is very um enthusiastic. There you go, there's the word um also the one thing that makes it a bit confusing is that you know the main character is of course slightly doshio and like wind tossed when it comes to this whole dilemma he's now in and oh no oh no i i am both super attracted to these girls around me and they are hot to trot for me but also so is his sister which is like ah no no that's a bit creepy she's way too into him and that's like in a series where there is actual like You know, P and V, um, action going on, having a sister being around and being lusty, um, becomes a lot less comedic and funny and a lot more sort of like, oh, that's just, not so sure about that. I mean, hell, it's, it's, you know, you get inured to stuff reading too much anime and manga, frankly. Um but yeah it has some fun comedy has a few bits of volleyball action and mostly training and of course that's an excuse to get the girls all sweaty um admitting something i should probably not admit that i know about is that there's actually a long running and very popular hentai manga with this exact same premise of like oh i managed a volleyball team and oh no my junk um yeah, that's something I should not aware of, but not quite the exact same premise of, oh, man, they're all six foot five hundred. Um, but yeah, that also exists out there. Um, Google is your friend, I suppose, if you're that way interested. And so, yeah, this I, I I have to give this series high marks for executing on its premise of, yes, this is this has its target audience and the title targets it directly and shoots them directly in the junk um so yeah it, it but also it does get a bit comedic where it's like damn like you have the entire stock of women above six foot five in japan in this one volleyball club what the fuck happened um did they like put something in the water here or something what um so yeah that's uh do you like big girls and so, yeah, that's, that, it's, yeah, I read it for a laugh. Um, and yeah, it's not quite funny enough or bad enough to really cover on the podcast, frankly. So I don't really want to. And also, frankly, I think Andy will like rightfully call me a pervert. So, you know, I, I can read this stuff on my own time, quite frankly. Um, and also pay for it with my own money, not the Patreon money. That's for sure okay so that's my entire docket done um i hope you liked this very strange little dip into the crab bucket of like elliot's stuff he's been reading um maybe you've heard a series you might like to pick up at some point who knows if not then hell i don't blame you um so yeah normal service will be resumed next week for the podcast um we'll have the bonus episodes out as soon as possible and we'll have the next regular episode out hopefully next week at the time of recording so that should be on the oh god it will be it'll be in early november i'm sorry about this um as i say andy being extremely busy kind of like annihilates the schedule um so yeah thank you very much for listening whether you are a patron or aren't if you aren't a patron please consider like chucking in a few dollars at patreon.com forward slash screen tone club um as a general note i don't know why i have stuck this right at the end um There's going to be a slight change to the Patreon in the new year. Um, So more details on that to come um, in a news post. There'll be plenty of notice. Don't worry about it. It's nothing scary. We're not going anywhere. Um, I hasten to add. Don't worry. Um, Like, hell, I've still got that Google Doc of 30 plus series I want to read with Andy. So, you know, I got plenty of material to go, quite frankly. Um, So, yeah, I'm just going to stop now. So, thank you ever so much for listening. I hope you liked this episode. If you did or didn't, I'm very open to your feedback um, at you know Screen Tone Club on Twitter. And so, yeah, thank you ever so much. And um, this has been me, Elliot Page, um, saying good night and good luck.